0: Monday, happy days Day. Wednesday, Wednesday, happy days, days. Thursday, Friday, happy days The weekend comes, my cycle hums, Ready to race to you These days are all Happy days, happy days. These days are all Sheldon with me Goodbye, gray sky, yellow blue There's nothing can hold me when I hold you So right, it can't be wrong Rockin and all Welcome, my friends. My name is Dan Budnick, and you are joining me for episode six of Rockin' All Week with You, the Happy Days Podcast. Hooray! All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been awesome hearing your, your feedback, and uh, uh, folks seem to be enjoying the show so far. At least I haven't had anyone send a nasty email saying, hey, knock this crap off, huh? Sorry. Yeah, well. Uh, oh, and if you want to email me, by the way, because I might forget at the end, Danny Slacks, D A N N Y S L A C K S at yahoo.com. Give me a shout. Send me some feedback. I love it. Or, 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 or leave some, some feedback on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud. I'm putting this at the start, like I said, because I always, when I get to the end, I'm so worked up about it. whatever I was talking about, I always forget to bring it up. But thank you so much for listening. What are we talking about this time? We are talking about Because She's There Directed by Peter Baldwin Who directed A Very Brady Christmas And a ton of others st- Lots of lots of Brady Bunch stuff And uh, written by a gentleman named Jack Winter It aired on April 2nd, 1974 It was written by Jack Winter Jack Winter wrote for Laverne and Shirley And The Odd Couple uh, Mary Tyler Moore he did an episode of He did some Love American Style He wrote three episodes of Happy Days, and this is the first of them, and we will be uh, discussing the second of them possibly sometime very soon. But for now, listen to this. this episode ralph is throwing a costume party in what i i i think is the basement of his home uh meanwhile up upstairs uh mr mrs c will be playing bridge with ralph's parents are those ralph's parents those aren't the ralph's parents i get to know and love having said that uh so and and and, yeah obviously richie potsey and um ralph obviously ralph and um the Fonz is actually going to he brings a gal it's Okay, but let me let me tell you the rest The, the story is, is very simple Richie doesn't have a date And Patsy is going with a gal And her Susan I believe is her name And she has a cousin in town named Phyllis Who doesn't have a date and who wants to go Richie says sure And it turns out that Phyllis is as the Statue of Liberty And she looks fantastic It's Diana Canova Who I know best from Soap and a lot of other stuff, uh, but Diana Canova, and she is Phyllis, and she's dressed as a Statue of Liberty, and she's about, from what we can see in the episode, she looks to me to be about, geez, maybe three inches taller, maybe two, three inches, let's say three inches taller than Richie, and with the Statue of Liberty star on her head, she's even taller, and Richie has problems with this. The lesson of today's episode is that Women who are taller than you can be nice too. You may have got from the sarcasm in that that I wasn't too fond of this episode. Uh, This one underwhelmed me. There's, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll give you my thoughts, my thoughts in the episode. Then we'll go into the minutia of the various bits and bobs of this. The, there is a school of thought and I believe my friend Amanda is part of this school of thought. Amanda Reyes, um, Rondo Ward nominated and hopefully winning by now, um, uh, writer and, and commentator and, and podcaster. Uh, but we had the theory back when we were talking Joni Loves Shachi so long ago on Avengers Supertrain that the tr- the tricky thing with Richie is that Richie does some stuff like look at the way he treats Laura Beth. Sometimes Richie's not very nice. Now the first 10 episodes of the seasons, Richie's been a pretty good guy Pretty stand-up guy This is the first episode Where I watch it And think, pardon my language Richie's kind of a douche And there's something With the episode That, that maybe they're trying to make a point I'm not 100% sure But <clears throat> During the episode We get Mr. And Mrs C playing bridge with Ralph's parents and Mr C is constantly like Marion don't do that well Howard can I do can I do this Marion oh please Howard I'm just it's only a game Marion don't worry about it well you're being very loud and it's just he's and he's being a douche to her because he's saying that it doesn't matter that she is not playing bridge very well and that she should uh play better and, and not kind of like give the game away keep giving away what her hands are and things and and she should do that but he's also constantly saying it's just a game it's just a game as he's kind of yelling that at her at the beginning of the episode Mrs. C actually says hey when we play bridge tonight can we switch and I'll partner with you know Ralph's mom she doesn't say Ralph's mom and you partner with the dad no Marion it's only a game we could do and of course you know it's going to go wrong and so you watch and you think Mr. C's been such a good guy and he even has decent advice to Richie when he goes, when Mr. C goes down to the party to check it out and Richie mentions how tall his date is. And Mr. C is like, that doesn't matter. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? And at that point I thought, oh, Mrs C is taller than Mr. C. But when I looked it up online, it says that Marion Ross is shorter than Tom Bosley. I always thought she was a bit, maybe it's her hair. I don't know. And in this episode, you don't really see, see it. So I'm going to get, I'm going to come back to that in the next episode of this show. Uh, or, or at a point where I can see their heights. But, yeah, it says, like, Tom Baza was 5'6", and Marion Ross was 5'4". She looks taller. Maybe she's in heels all the time. And it's just putting her a little bit higher up than he is. Uh, plus, with her hair being, I guess. But, uh, so the episode is basically about Richie um, kind of being embarrassed um, uh, that he's at a date with the girl who's a little bit taller than him. And, of course, um, uh... Ms. Canova and Mr. Howard are both five nine, uh, and so like, I'm about five nine. I'm actually five nine, pushing five ten, uh, but I guess five nine. Uh, so I'm the same height as that. They, so they're cheating it throughout the whole time, and um, and they do a good job of cheating it. I mean, it's it's it always it always look part of it is the Statue of Liberty star she's wearing, but it does always look like she is just a bit taller than him. I she's gorgeous. She's she's absolutely like. You know, dur- during a scene there where there everyone's making out at the party and Richie's making up excuses for why well I might go to law school. You're not going to law school, Richie. We we know what you're up to. And she's saying she might want to be a nurse. And you get this this couple who are neck and really close to them and they keep looking at this couple and Richie keeps saying, Oh, they've been going out for years. I think they're going steady and then the gal stops kissing him and goes, I just want you to know I don't normally do this with someone I've just met and she kinda Phyllis kinda gives Richie a look like you son of a no, she doesn't she it looks like she's encountered this a lot, and she's she for whatever reason she seems to like Richie. I don't know, I would i i i mean, I'm. I guess maybe she's she's so sort of worn down by encountering this from guys that possibly she's like, okay, this guy seems nice, he's confused by my height, and maybe you know we can spend some time together and that he'll forget about that and he doesn't really although he gets to like her by the end as you would expect he would she's she's extremely likable more so i think than geez any of the gals uh richie's really gone out with uh in this in this season or this this show so far so but it's it's it um I don't like it that much. Um, I, I mean, it's it's okay. I mean, there are some fun bits. I mean, I like they they do have some fun moments together, like when Richie's doing little shadow puppets on the wall and Mister C shows up. That's charming, and and the Fonz is great in this episode because you see him in his non-leather jacket um, in the in. Uh, Arnold's. But then he shows up in his leather jacket saying, I came as Marlon Brando. I even got a rip on my shirt. He's there with Sheena. And and it's super fun. And there is an interesting point where where the Fonz... Um, uh, Richie's playing the pinball game Klondike. And he wants to get a free game. And the Fonz kind of takes out a little screwdriver, diddles with the back of the game. And suddenly, Richie has a free game. Which is... I, I was thought, yeah, that that's great. But, um, you know, maybe let him finish his game. And then if he doesn't get the free game, but... Ah, uh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, Fonz is great in this. And the bit where Mr. C is leaving the party and the Fonz has been making out with Sheena behind the door and he's saying, I'm taking care of these kids. Nothing's going to go wrong. Mr. C closes the door and the Fonz yells, let's get that game of strip poker started or something like that. And then he immediately spins, points to the door. Mr. C pops in and he laughs at him. It's great. The Fonz is Fonz is super fun in this episode. Uh, Potsy is... Ah... Uh, fine he doesn't do much um he kind of abandons richie um doesn't really help richie too much um when it comes to the fact that richie is so distressed that this gal is a couple inches taller. what is that about was that a 50s thing i mean i know like this episode has phone booth stuffing cramming in it that that thing where they would cram people into phone booths and um, Ralph and I think Moose are in charge of the cramming and they get like 17 people in there which beats I think like Jefferson High's um, uh, record. And it's fun because Potsy's kind of crammed at the bottom and Richie goes in and suddenly he's crammed at a weird angle talking to Potsy. That is some funny staging. Uh, the, only, the, only thing, the only thing about it is it does one of those things where um, you're, they're, they're giving you some exposition about Susan and Phyllis. Uh, as you're seeing all these people crammed in there, and this like guy with a sock swinging his sock in front of Ron Howard's face, and Potsy kind of at this weird angle and everything like that, and there's almost you almost you're looking at the staging of it and going, hey, "That's that's pretty good." I don't know how they got that many people in there. That looks really completely uncomfortable. And then it cuts to the next scene. You're like, "What? It, I just missed something big. Something just happened. What's going on?" Ralph's party and the, the what? Huh? Mm. Comedy staging can sometimes overtake what you're trying to do uh, exposition-wise. I just went away for a moment to try to think I I got something in my head here of a, a scene from something where there's important plot information given and the staging they do on it is very funny or very clever, but so much so that by time you get to later on when when what they talked about sort of has to be justified and comes up you're like, what's happening? What's going on? and then you go back and watch that scene it's like, oh, they said that in that scene I was looking at everything that was happening you know, it's like I don't know, well I was thinking the opposite would be like Back to the Future 2, the chalkboard scene to explain what could be potentially very confusing a diagram is given on a chalkboard and it's just Doc Brown like staring at Marty and more or less us saying, here's what's happening And There's also a thing like, uh, I I think if you're going to do wacky staging like that, um, well, I I almost want to say you shouldn't have any important plot stuff going on, or the staging should explain something. For example, Shadow Chasers, one of my all-time favorite short-lived shows, which we haven't talked about here, Kenneth Johnson. The opening scene, I believe it's the opening scene, is Benedict, uh, Dennis Dugan, um, Richie Brockelman, and director of many Adam Sandler films. I, I believe it's one long take, apart from a couple um, inserts shots, and it's just basically he works for like some National Enquirer type rag, and he's just walking through the office, talking to his editor about stuff, and as he's doing that, you see all this crazy, ridiculous stuff going on around them, and it all ends with like a sprinkler going off and everyone having to rush out. I think. And the great thing about that scene is that there is no big exposition in that scene. Because in the next scene, when we meet um, uh, the other character whose name I'm forgetting, and I feel terrible because I love the, the show so much, um, Jonathan, he, he gets the exposition and it's much calmer. However, in the scene with Benedict, we we see this is the world he lives in this is the world he inhabits so although we don't get exposition we get like the next time we see him we're like oh is that crazy guy in that crazy room whereas the phone stuffing thing is basically them saying here's a 50s thing like which which they do here's a 50s thing here's a 50s thing but also trying to give some exposition as they're saying here's a 50s thing and so I ended up missing. I ended up missing the exposition that said that it took place in Ralph's parents' house, so when we were in the in the party, I had a complete disconnect from the people playing bridge to the party until I like wait a minute though, no, and and those aren't Ralph's parents, uh, pod people. Oh my gosh, you think that's a fifties um, reference? That was fifty six, right? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, and uh, I don't know what I was talking about. So so yeah, it's so I missed important exposition because of that. And I know that went on way too long. But the foam booth stuffing scene is fun. And the song wise, uh, you hear "See You Later, Alligator." You hear a lot of generic music. You do hear one song that I feel like I know that may have been referenced on a previous episode. It's um, if you ever smiled on me, please let it be now, or please let it happen here. It's a woman singing about like the sun. Shining down, smiling down on her. She sounds like she's having a bad day, but it's more like a big band kind of arrangement. You can hear the band playing and she's singing. It's it's not rock and roll, or it's it's a big bandy, jazzy type thing from that time. But it, but it ain't fifty six, fifty seven. Whenever this is said, I no longer know fifty seven. Uh, if this is fifty seven, that ain't rock and roll, and I have no idea. Why a bunch of like hip kids in Milwaukee um, are? I was gonna say not an oxymoron. No, come on, don't be nice. A bunch of why, why, why would a bunch of hip kids in Milwaukee be listening to this song? Unless my thought was maybe it's a song from his parents' library and they're just kind of rifling through a bunch of songs because generally the the music playing is pretty generic and then they all start making out and he doesn't make out with Phyllis, which uh, he kind of does in the end. Um, yeah. So, uh, where was I? I? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place in this one. Cause like I said, I, I wasn't uh, enamored of the episode. I don't like the way Richie treats, um, Phyllis. Phyllis is, it, and it's weird too, because it's not like the episode sort of doesn't say c- kind of fully stand up and say, Richie, you're wrong. She's wonderful. Stop being a jackass! It doesn't quite do that. Mister C does that, but everyone else is like, "What's with that tall gal You're gonna. Why is she so tall? She's so tall. She does mention going out with a six foot two basketball player at one time. So, and she found him really boring. Um, and I, I guess I, I think the thing is, I think the thing that 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 makes Richie okay in this is that. When everyone else is necking and for some reason he doesn't want to, why wouldn't you want to make out with her? I don't understand. I mean, sit in a position where you can do that. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I don't get that. I mean, if he, so everyone else is making out. So if he makes out with her and she's three inches taller than he is, what does that prove? My arms are waving around in confusion. I don't get this episode. I looked up Tall girls in the fifties, and I couldn't find anything that says it was like you know how they used to, you know like redheads used to be of the devil and stuff like that. You know, didn't that there wasn't that thing that I just make that up? You know, no, we're leaving Richie out of this. But you know, it's like if you had red hair, it was evil, or like if you wrote with your left hand, you had to be forced to write with your right, that kind of thing. I thought maybe there was a thing like. If if there was a tall gal but then a tall gal would go out with a guy who was taller than her. She doesn't have to go out with a guy that's shorter than her. That's fine. I mean I'm sorry, as you can tell, this episode kinda got on my nerves because she's so sweet. And at the end he's he's good with it. And I do hope it's something where she's she seems to be very used to this. That's kind of the only thing that gets me through it without thinking this is kinda like a mean spirited thing. She's so used to this. I wish she hadn't done the Statue of Liberty thing. Maybe, is there a costume she could have worn that would have made her look a little shorter? I don't know. But if, I mean, that just seems to me like she's she's yelling out like, hey, look, I'm going to be taller than you. And and I wonder if she even said to her cousin, like, how tall is he? Is this going to be a problem? Their cousin doesn't seem to give a crap. You know, we won't see either of them again as far as I know. I don't know. I just, the the mean... Yeah, the, 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 like I said, the lesson seems to be, hey, tall girls are human beings, too. Tall girls are worth spending some time with and making out with, which to me just seems like... I, I, I've actually never gone out with a gal who was taller than I am. I've gone out with a girl who was my same height back in high school. No, I take that back, Stacy in high school. We didn't go out long, but she was a couple inches taller than me, and I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. She was kind of a goth metal gal, and it was great. Yeah, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop complaining about the episode. It's, you know, it's fine. It's fine for what it is because you can you see Richie by the end really getting to like, like this gal. And, and you know, she seems, to, like I said, she seems to really kind of like him. I mean, maybe she's from the future and she's going, oh my God, it's Academy Award winning director Ron Howard. It's Ron Howard. He made Splash. Yeah, he did make Splash. He made Eat My Dust. Did he make Eat My Dust? I forget what his his first ones were. I think he did, didn't he? I don't know. Yeah, so, so the episode isn't a favorite of mine. It's charming. I don't, you know, I'm not sitting here going, oh, you episode. It's charming. I just think that the basic concept behind it is, I mean, to me, it's third act material. This should be the end of the episode. There should be five or six minutes of this. But it's like, the second, the like the two thirds of the episode is this, and um, she's so sweet and she's so understanding, and he's trying not to be a jerk, but he's clearly being a jerk. Um, uh okay, let's let me go on to some other bits here uh, that are happening in the episode. So I told you guys the songs that were in there, yeah, and that's, and uh, Mr. C playing bridge. Uh, I wasn't so thrilled with that. I do like Joni quite a bit in this. As always, it's funny. Like Joni is, I, I don't want to call her the Greek chorus, but it is great, these, these moments, when they're all sitting around the table and we've seen Richie go through his stuff and Arnold's and he's sitting talking with his family and then Joni immediately begins to say, oh, they're going to make out a lot. That's what they do at those parties. I heard it from Dennis Finkelman or Donald Dinkman or something like that. Mrs. C does tell Richie to go as Donald Duck. Do you guys realize how popular Donald Duck is? Go online and look up Donald Duck. And just see how many comics he's been in. How many places he's been. And there's that freaking orange juice. I've never had it. I keep every. I, I, there's a supermarket near me that has that orange juice in it. Every time I look at it, I go, I gotta get freaking Donald Duck orange juice. And I never do. Maybe one day I will. But look up Donald Duck comic books. I mean, he had a comic strip for ages. There's a great radio show called Comic Weekly Man where for a time they cover the the Donald Duck uh, strips and they're not, you know, they're not high comedy. They're not even really low comedy. They're sort of Blondie-style comedy where you're like, was that funny? But it just astounds me. If you look up Donald Duck, all the comics and things he's been in it's crazy but uh what was I talking about oh yeah Joni's great yeah cause she does that and she has a great moment in the end where she tells Richie um I'm gonna tell you a secret give me give me a nickel okay here's the nickel you came home at 2am last night so what dad doesn't know oh okay Joni leaves Mr. C comes in he's very hairy is Tom Bosley I didn't realize he was that hairy he starts shaving he's not nude or anything he just has like the um the the, the t- tank top uh type t-shirt on um and he, uh, he starts shaving. And he says, you came. You must have had a good time because you came in at 2 a.m. And I do like that. Suddenly that just. Okay, I suddenly like the episode a little bit more. Um, and makes you wait for it. But I'm going to say what I'm talking about in a moment. then I'll wrap this up. But yeah, Mr. C says, uh, because you came home at 2 a.m. Joni said, I gave Joni a nickel so she wouldn't tell you that. I gave her a dime, which is lovely. And Mr. C kind of reminds me of a hairier version of W. C. Fields when he's shaving and it's a gift. W. C. Fields is funnier shaving, but um, no one ever said to Tom Bosley, "How funny are you shaving?" Or did they? All right, I'm doing a final scam through my notes. I like Richie might be going to law school. Well, maybe not. As I said, the Fonz is really fun in this episode i am i guess ralph invited him and he, he brought his gal his gal looks a little older than the other gals there i'm not sure about ralph's folks they don't look quite right to me uh, the waitress Marsha appears in the beginning and was it like two burgers one dog one three cherry somethings one but i can't read what i wrote down that'll be a dollar fifty and one lime freeze, and like a gorilla arm gives her the change, and she speaks in French because Richie's dressed in a suit for picture for French club, and I, I forget exactly what she says, and even if I could remember, la rouge plume, I don't know what that means. I meant to look it up, but I like the mystery. I like I like to think that most of the people watching wouldn't have known what that meant either, and be like, hmm, she's just suddenly become very intriguing. Yeah, Ralph's costume party, um, tall gal, uh, Dad, Mister C, hey, Mister C, oh, the the Fonz, Mister C, are so great together. That scene is so much fun. That scene is so much fun. <laughs> the two of them together, because it's like, um, it's it's I the Fonz likes Mister C, and I think Mister C likes the Fonz, but I don't think Mister C quite knows how to take the Fonz. You know, um. Uh, and and the Fonz is having fun with Mr. C, kind of knowing what a dad would do, but he likes Mr. C from what he's seen of him. So, uh, I mean, obviously this will grow and grow as we, we go, but I, I thought this was, uh, I, 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 lo- I love that so much. So, uh, Jane Mansfield comes up, Jen Russell comes up. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's about it for this. Oh, Tequila is playing at one point, and uh, Richie does play a pinball game called Klondike. And they do run out of gas uh, at the end of it. Phyllis and Richie run out of gas, and um, and uh, Phyllis's face when she thinks that Richie is um, being sort of coy. We ran out of gas. is is delightful, and uh, and it, and she helps save the day with gas and the fawns and everything. And um, so so I will say this, and then I will wrap this up. We will go into the next episode. But it's one of the reasons why I like it a little bit more is this thing where um, well. No, Ralph says that... Okay, well, maybe... Because Ralph says that the party has They all have to be out there by midnight. And then says not home till 2 a.m. So I don't know that that's... That's as long as I thought it was going to be. Because no, my thought was... At the end... At the end, you see him kissing Phyllis. And then they smile at each other. And they start kissing some more as the camera kind of goes back. And it fades out. And you think, oh, now that's sweet. And... Uh, and I thought I really would love if they just stood on that step and just made out for like an hour. I mean, I've done that. We've all done that, right? Uh, we've all done that, right? Like like, meant to say goodbye and give someone a little kiss and suddenly we're sitting in someone's driveway for an hour kissing them or something like that. We've all done that. So I like, I, I like that. Uh, it, that. That makes me like the episode a little bit more just to think that they left at midnight, but Richie didn't go home until two hours later. And, um, and uh, maybe a hefty chunk of that was them making out. Um, and I do like that he's holding her hand by the end as they're approaching the car to put the gas in. So it's sweeter as it goes. I just think the premise of it is, is nonsense. I, I think that's what it is. You're you're trying to win me over with the premise that I just don't buy. I just don't get. I just don't understand. I th- I think that 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 is my issue with it. That that Richie doesn't see. That she's a beautiful woman who's really sweet and charming and funny and intelligent and and he can't he can't get over the fact she's two or three inches tall. I mean that just like I said, like I said, is that a '50s thing? I don't know. But I'm gonna stop talking now. But it ends okay. Unfortunately, we don't see her again. But you can watch soap and see her some more because she's awesome. And it, it does kind of, like I said, bring up the first of the Richie might be a douche things. And so. Yeah, that that is because she's there. I'm not enamored of the episodes, but it does have its charms. And I wish I could say it was like it's an important episode because of this or that. But um not really apart from the maybe the fact that that Richie's a douche, there there's not much important. It's not a big episode of the show. It's just it's it's charming. It's charming. <sighs> Here's here's what it is, folks. Is I love the show, and when I got to the end of watching this for a second time, I just which was the second time was about twenty five minutes ago, and I just came away from it kind of mm, shaking, uh, shaking my head and going, no, 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 no. But. Let, let us let us move on maybe maybe I'll do at the end of this whole series I'll, I'll come back to episodes that I had problems with and I'll watch them again and do an episode that does follow ups but let me go, here we go episode 12, directed by Don Weiss Don Weiss, Don Weiss and written by Jack Winter again April 9th, 1974 In the Name of Love When the twilight is gone and no songbirds are singing ah. When the twilight is gone ah. You come into my heart ah. And here in my heart you will stay Why? My prayer is to linger with you at the end of the day, in a dream that's divine. here we go april 9th 1974 in the name of love jack winter writing again and don weiss weiss directing i know i know don from and i because i'm not sure if it's weiss or weiss I, I know don from um uh two beach party movies that he directed i love the beach party series what is it is beach party muscle beach party bikini beach pajama party Beach Blanket Bingo How to Stuff a Wild Bikini and The Ghost in in the Invisible Bikini and uh, Don did Pajama Party and The Ghost in the Invisible Bikini both good times Um, The Ghost in the Invisible Bikini being awesome because it's technically a beach party movie Frankie and Annette aren't in it and it doesn't take place at the beach it's kind of in a haunted house that's fun and if you own the DVD that MGM put out Which is a flip disc Double-sided disc Drive-in Double-drive-in Thingy Drive-in Yeah, you know those those Midnight midnight drive-in I forget what they're called But the uh, Second side of it is The Ghost of Dragstrip Hollow Which I know I've already mentioned At least once on here And I will mention again So In this episode There is a new gal in school Who is Who is said to be Specifically a bit older Than uh, The other uh, Students uh, So she's in Richie's class Presumably um, Well Well I think she is. And yeah, they say her dad was in the army and they traveled around Europe and stuff. So she's, I don't know, a year or so behind. She looks quite a bit older to me than, than sort of Richie. She, maybe a year or two. Uh, well, maybe that's not quite a bit. But she she does look older. Uh, and she... And Patsy and Ralph are in love with her. And Richie's kind of in love with her too. And she enters Arnold's as the three of them are, are sitting there. And she goes right up to Richie and asks Richie if he will help her in what is it English and biology tutoring. And so yeah, and so she comes over to the house and and meets the uh, the Cunningham's and uh then they end up going into Richie's room to tutor. And at the start of the tooting she says, "Would you like to kiss me?" He says, "Sure." They kiss and then she dives right into the discussion of Edgar Allan Poe. I think they're discussing the Raven, I believe, and uh and this kind of goes on for a week, and uh, Richie falls in love with her, and uh, takes her to the drive-in, and she pretty much says, you know, that I just want to be friends, and that she she kisses whenever she has tutoring or something like this. She always likes to kiss the boys beforehand, so they can get it out of their system and they can get to the get to work. So there you go. But Richie is still convinced he he will not let it, you know, end here you know he doesn't want this to be just platonic he wants this to be more of a romance so is Richie going to get a tattoo and that is the the bulk of what goes on in this episode it's got some funny moments in it the um Richie's nervousness as he's setting up the table way in the foreground in the living room is lots of fun and the scene where um he's trying to toot um, Cindy, uh, tutor, I'm sorry, Cindy, uh, the, the family members keep opening the door and, and Joni comes in and sings the K I S S I N G, and then Mr. C comes in and leaves the door open, and then, uh, yeah, and then, uh, I, I hope he's helping her with, with the tutoring. Yeah, because he falls in love with her pretty, pretty hard, and, um, it's, yeah, I guess this would have been Jack Winter's thing if he had written more. He's got one more coming uh, in the next season, I think. I think it's season two. Uh, but this is the... Um, this this seems to be his theme. Richie in love or not in love. And so the thing with Cindy in this is that... Um, I don't know. It's... I've, I've never encountered that. Like, if I was helping uh, um, tutor someone or helping someone in a class or something, them starting off with, do you want to kiss me? And then, and, you know, me kissing them and then we get right to it. That seems a bit... Um, I'd like to say that that's based on something that happened in Jack Winter's life. I would like to say that because it kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, I get what um, she's doing so she can get right to work and they're not sort of mooning over her. But... Um, I mean, Richie says she basically does that every day for like a week. And um, Richie's, as we've seen, is very susceptible. And sometimes a bit of a jerk. Uh, and, and sometimes not as smart as he should be. So it's it's, it's weird because, yeah, I could see him falling in love with her. She's lovely and, and you know, she lets, you know, him kiss her. And, and he's helping her with the with the tutoring. And that's great. It's all great. But it just, it seems, it's slightly weird to me. It's either it's either completely based on fact, you know, like maybe jack had this happen to him in high school, or it's completely 100% sitcom contrived. I can't tell. And and yeah, the episode like I said has some fun moments. The tattoo thing kind of comes out of nowhere at the end, almost like they they got to the scene where they're at the drive-in and she says let's just be friends and maybe there was just going to be a wrap-up scene where he talked to richie talked with mr c about this and because one of the themes going through the episode which i like is you hear a lot about mr and mrs c and how they met and how he really pursued marion and um, there's something about a five pound box of chocolates which apparently mr c didn't send her uh but it's it's fun to hear them telling the story and uh, mr c did a lot of pursuing and apparently he carried her like eight blocks one day home from school or to school or something like that when she hurt her ankle I I, I didn't write it down but um so so yeah he was really he was really after her anyway he, he it succeeded in the end and that's nice uh but yeah it does it does sort of feel like the so he kisses her and then suddenly it's a week later and he's in love with her and then he's taking her to the drive-in and you know that whatever's going on you know that she isn't Terribly interested in him like that. I mean, it's to me, it's completely obvious, and I guess it's meant to be obvious, but it's not about, I guess, breaking his heart. He's just, he's just wanting to, he's, he thinks he's in love with her, and he, he wants to go ahead and, and have that blossom. And she does, she goes to the drive in with him, and they, they, and she does love monster movies with I like, which I like. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I, uh, you You know you take a gal to the drive-in he's got kind of got his arm around her sort of and and um then she yeah she just wants to be friends and um she just wants to be friends but they have her act sometimes like she's kind of oblivious to what she's her um what she how she's making richie feel which is strange um I think I don't know that I don't know if that could have been written better or shot better or maybe they they lost some footage that made it make more sense. She just seems very aloof, and like I said, doesn't seem to actually clue in to what she's doing to Richie. Um, and you know, I've had that. T- I've, I guess I've had that happen or some variation of that happen. Yeah, you know what? I have had that happen, but not quite like this. I had I have had that did have that happen in high school and a couple times in college, but the gal never let me kiss her. And never let me take her on a sort of half romanticish date. Um, that never happened. Uh, so, so I guess I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, um, I don't want to say I dislike the episode because it has some funny stuff in it, and the Fonz is great in it when he's talking about uh, the drive-in movie. And there's a weird uh, moment with because um, he gives he tells Richie exactly what spot to park in because the speaker is broken. And then there's Potsy making like a ketchup. I don't know what he's making, a ketchup freezy or something like that, where he's spraying ketchup into a bunch of ice and then drinks it, which just seems like a, I, I, you know, the, the dumb, the dumbing down of Patsy hasn't really begun yet, but that just seems dumb to me. Uh, what else is happening here? Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I wish I could articulate a little better why this feels weird to me. I just think it's, um, it, it's it's either, like I said, it's either completely based in some sort of reality or it's completely based in a sitcom weirdness. And the structure feels slightly off. It, it really feels like she says, let's just be friends. He says, okay. Then it should be over. And it should be at the point when... Um, yeah, Mr. C has a chat with Richie, and they discuss this, and maybe he gets one more scene hanging out with Cindy where he's okay with it. But instead, suddenly, in like the last act, it becomes this: What do I do? What do I do? I'm gonna get a tattoo, and I'm gonna press her with the tattoo, and and I'm gonna oh, what is it like the um, I love you, writing it on the um uh, uh on the the sidewalk. Well, I guess the more I think about it, the uh, I don't know. It seems to me like the when she says. I just want to be friends and he says, okay, to me that feels like Richie. okay, stop it. Now you know it took you so long in the previous episode to figure out that a tall gal might be cool and attractive. Now you should realize that this attractive gal doesn't want to go out with you. Knock it off in the last like 10 minutes of the episode he, he draws in the chalk. Tra- he draws an eye and then a heart and then a f- you know a sheep, fem- female sheep, a you and uh, nobody really gets it. And the Fonz is confused by it. He thinks it's, I love sheep. And Cindy is confused by it when she sees it. I love sheep. Um, which, I, I don't know, this was a year or two after everything you always wanted to know about sex. but afraid to ask with Gene Wilder and the sheep. So I'm not sure if people will think of that when they see this scene. But, yeah, it's it's... Just in the same way that I thought the tall girl thing in the previous episode... Should have been just like a last act, kind of last few minutes kind of thing, but it's most of the episode. Here, I think the moment she, like I said, the moment she says, let's just be friends, and he says, okay, that should kind of wrap it up. I feel like the structure is off on both of them, and, and I just, um, his, he's not going to win her over. I mean, you could tell he's not going to win her over, and, and it's, he's, he's wasting his time, and, and the sheep thing confuses her, and then when he gets a fake tattoo, she pretty much says, no. Let's just be friends, and you know, and it ends there. But it kind of ended there ten minutes before that. And the The only great stuff that kind of happens is um, the Fonz looking at the "I love you" and um, hearing more about Mr. And Mrs. C. So I, I, uh, it's an okay episode. It's not a favorite. Both of these episodes are kind of like eh, okay episodes. Cause neither of them, like I like I said, with with because she's there. Neither of them have like big import. In the world of happy days, they're just two of Richie with gals kind of thing, and uh, yeah, I can, I can kind of take them or leave them I, I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm not really a huge fan, and I don't, I don't come into this podcast wanting to say, hey. I'm gonna make fun of some of these things, and we're gonna we're gonna point out when this really stinks to high heaven. No, no, I I I love the whole I love the whole world of Happy Days from beginning to end, all eleven seasons. There are the there's the occasional dud, and I don't think we've hit a dud yet. I just think these two aren't as interesting, as good as the others, which is which is kind of too bad. But that's gonna happen. Maybe they should have break it, broken it up a little. I mean, I will say I will say this. All right. The I think that there's a bit more style in these two episodes—the Peter Paul Baldwin directed one and this Don Don W directed one—and is specifically one of the things Don does is the uh, he'll do stuff like uh, at the drive-in you see a vehicle pull up and there's a guy in it who looks a bit like Richie and you're expecting it's them pulling up for a split second, but then immediately like. They run out of the car, throw open the trunk. People get out of the trunk and rush into the car. And then the camera kind of goes over to the right a bit. And you see that right next to them, already there, are Cindy and Richie, already watching the film. She loves monster movies. I like that. That's a nice little touch. Uh, you get a lot of shots when they're in the in the kitchen of um, M- Mrs. C, whose who's back faces us um, when, when the camera is looking into the kitchen. But you get a lot of shots of her. You know, kind of not quite over the shoulder, Mr. C, but shots of her where you could see the wall behind her. That's nice. But it's still confusing that in Arnold's, especially in the Don Don W. directed episode, kind of goes out of his way to accentuate the fact that, you know, this is a set. Now, he doesn't do it quite like Jerry Paris, like, full head-on, looking at the booth, where you're like, shouldn't there be a wall there? Why are we right here? You know, and sometimes even catching, you know, the, the parts of the set that we shouldn't see. Not quite happening yet, but... But, but Don kind of has it, like, um, after the... Uh, I think it's... Is it during... It's during the scene where Cindy sees the guy, the this busboy with the tattoo, and makes Richie think that he needs to get a tattoo. And the camera just has a nice tilt to it. So all three of them are kind of in a nice triangle uh, in the in the frame, and it's it's really nice. and And there are just little touches like that that kind of don't pop up in the Jerry Paris directed ones that are that are nice to see. I just wish I liked the episodes more, and I, I wish I liked I wish I liked Richie more in this, and I wish I understood Cindy a little more. I I, I preferred Phyllis at the end of the day. Uh, Could we bring Phyllis back, please? So let me go through some of the music stuff and some of the time-related stuff and hit a few more points, and then we will wrap this episode up. So what do I hear in this? I hear Les Paul and Mary Ford doing How High the Moon, which is pretty much like a old standard uh, or from the early 50s. Um, oh, we hear, you know, it's interesting. In the interstitial sort of music, the scene-to-scene kind of music, you know, the ba da Beat up, boot up, wah, and it, we start to hear, uh, what, uh, um, uh, down, 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 be do be down, and then it kind of goes into something else, and of course that is, um, uh, come and go with me by the Dell Vikings, which I believe is late '56, I believe, uh, late '56, early '57, and 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 Cindy mentions, um, uh, uh my prayer by the platters which uh was the way back in episode one put on my prayer to get the gal to go all the way with you and so that's fifth late 56 or 57 ish too so we're still in the same general region uh, uh and i'm i'm imagining this this time might be the beginning of a school year as you know, they say, oh, she's the new gal, and the um, uh, teacher says, I'm behind, so can you help me with my English and biology? Or maybe it's not. Maybe I have no idea what's going on. I, I would think she'd show up at the start of a school year, but maybe she couldn't for whatever reason. Those are the kind of main uh, things here, and they kind of keep us in the same spot we have been in. Um, and and what well, the great thing about hearing uh, uh, some sort of variation of Come and Go with Me is that, what, nine seasons from now, season 10, uh, who gives a hoot nanny? During, that's the Joni Loves Chachi season. And during that, one of the episodes in that, like half a dozen episodes into the Happy Days season, Joni and Chachi return to Milwaukee to play on a show, Hootenanny, Shindig, uh, Hullabaloo type show. And it's no longer rock and roll. Now it's all about the folk music. Which is funny, of course, because uh, Come and Go With Me is, is like a doo-wop song and it's not a rock and roll song but they're playing it as if it was a rock and roll song rather than a doo-wop song but now they have to make it into a folk song is that a spoiler rather than a rock and or a doo-wop because everyone's into the folk and it's it's a fun episode but that is far in our future okay I'll just wrap it up with a couple things one I wish I knew what movie they were watching I'd love I'd love it if it was Reptilicus and that Cindy had seen it like five times or something that would be great uh, as uh, they are Mr. and Mrs. C are talking to Richie as it gets a little more serious. They send Joni out of the room. One of the running gags throughout the show will be Joni getting sent out of the room whenever something more adult is being talked about. And Joni, who who wears Mickey Mouse ears again throughout the episode, le- leaves and says, "You know, oh, it's lousy being a kid." And yeah, that, that's about it really for this episode. Like I said, it's it's definitely worth watching in the context of the show. Not a favorite just like the one before this wasn't a favorite of mine either. Uh oh they do mention Chuck that um uh, Chuck's appetite is is very big. Um now it's it's weird cuz the last time we saw the dining room table it looked smaller than it had and and it looks like they're kind of admitting that Chuck isn't going to be there for the rest of the season. I don't know. Uh but I I can't say I miss Chuck because I never got to know Chuck. I know Chuck. I feel like I know Phyllis better than I know Chuck. But well, let's see. Uh, yeah, we're wrapping it up here. Uh, they got a study system that involves a kiss. And yeah, she was an Arbor Day uh, queen. She was Miss Sapling, was Cindy. And she's lovely. So that is episode six, everyone, of Rockin' All Week with you, the Happy Days podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you were able to put up with me as I tried to struggle with why I I didn't quite like these episodes that much. I think it's possibly something... It's a mix of, like I said, Richie's reactions to what's going on. The way they sort of write the female characters and just the structure of him being off. But, no, not duds. Neither of them are duds. So, uh, you know what? I already said where you can find us and what's going on. Eventually, Supertrain.blogspot.com, however, is the the, um, website itunes stitcher soundcloud feel free to leave a comment or 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 ratings there that would be wonderful but the rest of the stuff i said at the beginning so again my name is dan budnick and i hope you enjoyed this episode next time we have we have great expectations and the best man oh boy be good to yourselves everyone i'll talk to you soon one two three o'clock four o'clock rock Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock We're gonna rock around the clock tonight But that rag's up, join me hard